You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Do you want to do a commercial for your shampoo before we start? Right. What like, I just told you, you said what <laughs> I said it smells good, feels good, and you said what is it? I said some kind of I don't know, you sounded, not animal tested. You sounded organic, like a spokesperson. For not me. animal tested, organic something or other in an orange bottle. The scent is orange and patchouli, which you hate, and I oh, love. Yeah. Yeah. So you just have to get over it. Are you a lying? Pardon? Are you lying? About what? About what you just said. <laughs> no. I don't oh. lie very often. Well, funnily enough, the movie this week... <laughs> no, anyway. It's a Monday, January the 18th, 2010. If I oh. were to lie, I would not tell you it had patchouli in it. I would say it's your favorite scent. I don't know. Chocolate. And then you'd go, oh, I like it. <laughs> Okay, it's Monday, Jan- January the 18th, 2010. I have to stop saying 2010 because it doesn't matter, does it? 2010. You can say what you want. Um, and it's after the show number 105. This week's movie is The Invention of Lying, hence the lying joke. Um, and we're looking at it on Blu-ray disc. Oh, that was a joke. And the year of release of the movie is 2009 and it's out on Blu-ray Tuesday the 19th of January, which will be this Tuesday, Um from our friends at Warner Brothers, and we looked at the Blu-ray version, and you're going to tell us what the movie is all about. I think the name says it all. It is a parallel world, not science fiction, written in the premise that, in modern-day society, through all of humanity, we've never lied to one another. And all of a sudden, one man kind of not liking the fact that every person is completely honest because they constantly tell him that he's fat, that he's a loser, that it's not necessarily honesty. It's what they've been culturized to think of things, just like we are, and yet they throw it in each other's face constantly, just as a matter of fact. And I think he just got tired of it and one day decided... No, maybe he didn't decide, it just came naturally to sort of uh, say something that wasn't what it was and then sort of spiraled out of there and in the process invented uh, some little things like religion and, things. and fiction and maybe the possible retelling of how history you know actually happens and that's about it the end yeah i mean it's good i, I mean you gotta see it it's hard to describe a little bit that's pretty much the premise well, however well let's go on to the movie um so this is a this is a ricky gervais's um Directorial debut, debut, as they say. Um, He didn't direct it on his own. He had help from a friend, but it's a dual. Matt, something or other. Matthew Robinson. Um, But they both directed it and wrote it, both of them. Um, So it takes... Me, I'm a big fan of Ricky Gervais, and it's absolutely a Ricky Gervais movie. The wit is Ricky Gervais. Obviously, Ricky Gervais is the main man. You know, it's stamped with Ricky Gervais. Um, So I like it for that reason. But I have, like, quite a few problems with the mm. movie. Um, I'll tell you my first problem. If there's no lying in the world, why do women wear makeup? I'll tell you the second... Makeup is a lie. I'll tell you the second problem. If there's no lying and deceit in the world, when they're pulled over by a policeman, why does he mention he has a bribe amount? Because that's deceit, right? To take oh. a bribe. As soon as he said that, I was like, hold on a second, is this... I thought... This policeman. There's no dishonesty in the world. There's I no- thought no, and I thought this policeman has got Ricky Gervais's thing. They're, they're going to link up here. Oh, but I, it, I think, think it was just a mistake. 
Right. Because he did say, how much is your bribe? And he said, blah, 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 blah. Big amount. I guess that doesn't necessarily lead to lying. It just is de- deception, yeah. yeah that he might not tell his superiors, but yeah, I didn't yeah. think of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't pick it apart. Uh, I'm not, except but... for the makeup thing. That bothered me too. I'm like, essentially what's happened is it's our culture, but open. Everyone's super, you know, people who are superficial. Which leads to some really Based funny... on looks. Things are based on appearance and you're judged based on your status in life and all that kind of stuff. So I would think all of that comes from people being shifty and lying and being deceitful. But, you know, hey, can't pick it apart. It's just a fun movie. No, it's a uh, fun premise. And, yeah, there's, there's a few... Okay, I actually thought overall is being a fan of Ricky Gervais, I really, really liked it. In fact, more than Ghost Town, which was the other movie that oh, he yeah. appeared in. I liked it more than that one. Um, I think Ricky Gervais's <clears throat> sense of humor is quite subtle, and if you get it, you get it. I think if you don't, you would probably hate any movie yeah. with him in it. Um, I agree. But if you like him, you like him. Uh, and he's really good in this part. I think there's some... I think this part stretches him a bit. There's some emotional parts, that, and then there's some subtle, funny parts. But the idea of the movie... Which, like you said earlier, does bring into play things like religion. Mm-hmm. Just huge ideas. Huge, big ideas that I was watching the movie and the laughter parts were kind of subdued by what I was thinking in my head about the big idea. Oh, all right. So it kind of lost some of its funniness in the middle of it when they did introduce some big elements because I was going, oh, okay, like... um just thinking about it. Trying and to piece it, it together. And it kind of... I don't I, I don't know if that was just me or the humour started to go... I think the humour started to leave it in the middle. I disagree completely. See, I felt like I was in the middle of like, wow, this is comical. And yet I'm, I'm actually... Yeah. Like, the idea of religion and beginning, the beginning of why... Why we all bullshit each other. And included in that is fiction. Yeah. Storytelling. Making up shit, saying to somebody, hey, that dress looks really good on you. Because you know you want to make them feel good, right? It's as simple as that. If that never existed, and then boom. Or when? how did we evolve to that, or why do we do it? And it points out that middle heavy part, semi-heaviness, is without anything to lift you a bit. If all you have is just, this is it. Like... Mm, that shirt makes you look really fat, or whatever. I mean, constant, constant. Life is pretty much nothing, isn't and it? There's actually some really good moments in the movie concerning just that one premise. Yeah, yeah. Where he'll ask the Jennifer Garner character something, and she, he knows in his mind what the response is going to be, because <laughs> yes. she has to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And he always is expecting it, like, you can see in Ricky Gervais, it's good acting, like in Ricky Gervais's face, like... Is she just this one time? Is she going to say something different? Like, I'm because kind of expecting it from people. Yeah, he's under the. He knows whatever she says is the truth. We you have you have to jump over that. You yeah. have to get over that hurdle first of all when you're watching the story. Everything everybody says. Yeah, they trust the 100% everybody. Truth, yeah. Everything is trusted. Everyone is. Um, for face value, he says to his friends even, his name is Mark, but then he goes, he's trying to prove a point to them after he discovers the lying thing, says, my name is Doug. And they're like, hi, Doug. You're, you're I never knew your real name. Yeah. Things like that. And, the, um, and they're just blind to, and like. And they're like, I'm Peter. And they're like, oh, Peter. You know That's what? a good name. We've, we've met and watched and observed people who seem this sort of empty palette. 
that anything you tell them, because like I know a guy at work, right? And he'll be he'll be watching some, you know, magic bullet, stupid infomercial in the middle of the night. That's awesome! Look at that! It can make this and it can make that. He's like regurgitating what they're saying and how awesome it is. And then he'll watch something like Survivor Man or something, the one where they discovered they were going to a hotel at night and all that kind of stuff, but. He would sit there and just be, like, completely convinced. He's convinced of what he's seeing at that moment, what he's hearing from you. You could say to him, Stephen, oh, sorry, I'll say Stephen, I know a guy who knew a guy, right? And his cousin was one of the guys who, like, went to the moon, you know, back in the 60s or whatever. And they found, like, some bones from an old guy. I mean, I swear, that's what they, that's what they found. And he'd be like, are you kidding? That's awesome. I mean, he would totally, he wouldn't even question you. It's so weird. That's the kind of, then I think that I applied that to these people. Right. They're like, they don't have a reference or any skepticism or any like doubt in No. And, because- and some of the best moments in this movie come from that just one little premise. Like, I really like the idea, because in this movie, there's the idea of because there is no lying or embellishment or anything, everything's completely plain truthful, there is no fiction. So yeah. there are no interesting. There are no books. There are no. There are books. It's all I mean, history. It, everything's factual. There is no Correct. fiction. So there are there are no like Sherlock Holmes stories or you know anything fun like. There's no movies. All the movies. In fact, some of the movies based around this movie studio that makes movies, that are just factual. A guy reading factual yeah, it's movies. Not even because there's no creativity either. So it's not like. It's not even filmed. They just sit a man in a chair and right. Reads it's a not book. like they dress up and act oh, out the parts. No it's not a documentary. No, it's just him sitting there reading it. Now you have to again take some leaps because in the movie, obviously, you're in a city. There are buildings. Oh, there's yeah. architecture. There are cars that aren't Design. all the same. Yeah, you yeah, know, exactly. so if you're really creating a world where there is no lying, no deception, no creativity, nothing to embellish or add to, there would be no. It'd be Anything. Pla- it'd be very plain. It'd so be- you, you know, if you're gonna sit, there, and sometimes that would creep into my mind, and I would just go. Ah, no, you just have to. I'm like la 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 la. You just I'm have to thinking. look at this as like <laughs> they pick on just very particular things that you have to say. Oh, okay, so that's like the old people's home is called like a yeah. place for old people Sad and to go. People. Yeah, or there's a commercial which is really funny on the TV for Pepsi, Coke, for Coke. Sorry, where the guy. He's basically just telling you the truth. Yeah, it's a bit sweet and, and like it's just sugar, brown sugar, sugar and brown sugar water, and uh, it's linked to you know childhood obesity. But we, well, we, we just want you to keep buying coke. We haven't really changed anything in it for the last. Uh, you know, he's real honest. Like, and then see, there's another. I've just thought of another loophole. So it says coke <laughs> available in the afterlife. Yeah, that's marketing bullshit because they don't know that. Correct. Oh, there was I a, thought that when I saw it, and then yeah. I just forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. Pepsi uh, available. Yeah, yeah. but they don't know that, so that's a marketing. Sh- yeah, know. but nobody else apart from. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, ignoring the, you can't pick it apart. No. It's a comedy, and if you are picking it apart, you just don't watch it. Yeah, and it because it's getting it's a means to an end. Yeah, it is, and you know, the end. You could take it really deep. The movie. But I don't, I don't know if it's as deep as it wants to be. I you do. Know. You'd think it is deep. I take it that way, yeah. See, I don't think so. Because I've listened to enough Ricky Gervais. I've listened to him talk as a real person. I've seen him. We've heard his shows. We've seen him do stand-up. We've heard him in interviews with, or his little thing with Carl Pilkington, all that stuff. I think he's an exceedingly 
analytical, deep person. Hmm. He wants to figure out. He, he like the whole thing is when you watch his act, he says shit that's like real open and honest, and you're like, oh my god, that's like ah, you know, talking about like is there homosexuality in the animal kingdom, you know? And then he like tries to point out the why is it a problem for us to think, you know, that and he throws it in your face like you're just a hypocrite if you and he doesn't like religion and all that stuff. He wants to throw it in your face, and yet in this movie, he's flipped it around enough, but then he brings it back around to be like, um. If I'm, if we are totally honest with each other, and we don't want to believe in anything, we decide that's it. We're not going to believe in any gods. We're not going to believe in anything ever. And there's nothing to embellish. There's no science fiction to tell. There's no possibility of UFOs or little green men unless we see them in front of our face. I think he's saying, you know, that's and then that's a big that's that would make life really sad and depressing. Plus. He kind of sneaks in there the whole superficial thing that we judge each other so oh, harshly yeah. based on our status in life, our job, our money, and our looks. That you know, and I think he kind of crammed that in there too. I think one of my favorite thing, like an observation, and definitely what would happen when he in the movie he, um, you know, obviously he he says the world's first, he does the world's first lie and then uses it to his advantage for a while. And then people kind of find out about it, and he's addressing a bunch of people, telling them something, <laughs> telling them some stuff, and what they say back is exactly how people are. Correct. It's like they just want, like he says, like you know about mm-hmm. everybody in the afterlife is going to get free ice cream, any flavor, and then somebody's like, well. I'm thinking of diarrhea. Would it be diarrhea if I was like, why are you thinking about that? Like, like no, that's no. not. Like, he has <laughs> you, know. To, you know, he hasn't thought it through, like, yeah. how people can. So then I guess that's another how idea. How people take that... things to a dark and different, you know, how people don't look on the bright side or, you know, the pessimistic side of things. So I, there is yeah. some interesting observations, definitely. Um, and I, I really like Ricky Gervais in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I definitely like it a lot better than Ghost Town. Yes, it, yes. You know, I'd rather watch this one again than watch Ghost yeah, Town. Yeah, totally. And I would watch this one again just because of that. You, I can get over the um, the thinking about all the stuff that he's digging up. You know, the ideas about religion and the, the origins of and why we need, you know, to think beyond, like, this desk and my need to earn money and making dinner and why do we need stuff that adds to the to-, to the top of our lives? Why do we need art and music? And this is a question I think I asked just last week or a couple weeks ago. Why Why do we even need art? And to me art is like anything that's added on top of the mundane layers of life, right? And that's kind of the question. Why do we need any of that? Why don't Which we is just, this movie Yeah, why don't we just little worker ants and just get our shit done and then someday you're dead and you're in the ground and then that's it. And then life just goes on and I guess then you have to say, for what then? <laughs> so I think that's pretty deep shit. And then I like, but now I've gone over that hump of the movie. If I watched it again, I think I'd find the humor more and the little subtleties. I mean, I even liked Jennifer Garner. I'm not a big Jennifer Garner fan. And I liked her, her moments and stuff with him and there were moments that she had that were really awesome and... You know, I could pay more attention to that, I think, if I wasn't thinking so much. Which is interesting that you said that you did that, too. Like, you get to the middle and you're kind of like... It made me uh, think a lot, because it's quite a, you know, it's quite a big idea. All of a sudden, as well. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, at the beginning, you're just kind of getting used to the world and the vibe of it. But once he hits the, 
I'm going to lie right now. And then it opens up into a bigger thing, which I just talked about, which I won't spoil. He... It it becomes a big thing to think about. And I kept thinking about it in all kinds of different <laughs> ways. And I felt like I was missing Were you thinking stuff. at one time, like, okay. And then your mind wanders to a, a, a history. And then you think yeah. of the moment when. Oh, maybe... And then, so and then I said, and when I say I felt like the humor kind of drained out of it, I don't think it did. I think it was me distract, distracted. Almost. Yeah, yeah. You're not focusing on the little looks. Yeah, because I know Ricky going. Gervais is still being funny, but I was like <laughs> thinking of something else. I, I was thinking of the ideas, which I should have waited till the end of the movie because that's <laughs> how a movie should work. But, Until after the show. Yeah, but um, you know, it's you know, and then it, I feel like it kind of got predictable towards the end. You know, more sure. romantic comedy style. Um, but still, I, I was kind of touched at the end. You know, it, it, I'd like, you know, I, I like romantic-y kind of things. And this had its share of that. Yes, you do. And it also had its share of sad moments. And then I was thinking, another thought that came into my head towards the end was, I think some church kind of people will be absolutely offended by this movie because it's taking what... Yeah. It's... You know, there's a there's a scene where Ricky Gervais is almost like Jesus. Yeah, but I think two ways you can look at it two opposite ways. One is you can decide, oh my God, it does seem ridiculous that we believe in anything, and there are certain little elements you pick he picks out of different religions or whatever that you go, oh yeah, that does sound a bit ridiculous. However, you can also be completely endeared to it because of the idea that, as humans, we need it. We need something. Not spiritual, necessarily, but he's saying it is necessary to get through our lives to have something. Even if you only, if you don't believe in any religion, but you only love create, creative ventures and you're only into... You need something, and that makes it valuable. So whatever your religion is and whatever the different things that you believe in, it's very valuable to us. It's valuable to you. It's important because it gets you through your life. And I, I mean, again, that's me digging, but you can see it both ways. Like, you know. Yeah. I was just kind of like, you know, the way he explains to people what, you know, he, he's lying, but the way he explains yeah. to people this is the deal is basically... You know the Ten Commandments, etc. But it um, isn't at all. It isn't, but it's but it it's that style. I mean, it's it's he's not explaining. Um, he's not made up. In, he's just like a little list of suggestion yeah. rules or something. But no, not like don't steal and shit like that. It's just no, but stuff. He's he's it's on a low. It's Christianity what he's kind of imparting to people. Which, um, I think loads of religions have those same philosophies, actually. Uh, but he was raised Catholic, so he's going to stick some of yeah. that in there. Actually. So uh, what I'm saying is about pe- some people be offended by it. Mm. You shouldn't be. It's a comedy. And yes, the ideas are big. You can be if you want. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it's, it's not a movie that's intended to offend, is what I'm saying. But I'm sure if I go off and read about this movie, which I've not yet, after now, go and read what people say about it. I'm assuming there's people who are offended. I disagree that there wouldn't be some intention to offend, because that's part of how his shtick goes, and his comedy Mm. even is like, look at yourselves. Why do you believe this? Why do you insist that this or that is right when you you can't possibly know that you're right? So 
I don't know that he's yeah. not trying to offend some people. I always remember the joke when he's talking about starving kids in Africa on his <laughs> stage show. And he goes, and you're watching those telethons and you see that African kid with all the flies on it. Just get the flies off, you lazy cunt. He says that. Just get the flies off yourself, you lazy cunt. I thought, talking, I thought he said to the cameraman. He was talking about the cameraman. No, he's talking about the. He's talking about like how. And you used to use the c word, so I'm sure some people will love that. Well, they aren't British. He's British. <laughs> but what I'm saying, I know. I'm I always saying. thought that was really. Uh, yes, he he touches. He talks about cancer and yeah, in a real hideous way, you know, and like. But not hideous, is it? It just is what it is. That's his, yeah. that's his thing. That's why I think I don't know that he'd be bothered if people were offended. Probably. He'd be like, come. on. I don't on. think the movie's too. He'd offend. be like, come on. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think this movie was made to offend, is what I'm saying, because it's fairly, apart from the big idea, Hollywoodish. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It feels like a. You know, this, you know when I was thinking of uh, recommendation movies? Let me just make sure you didn't. I was thinking. Uh, Did what? Making sure you didn't say these ones that are in my head uh, oh, that right, are not those. Right. Uh, yes, Man, which we saw recently. Liar, Liar. Um, Same guy. Bruce Almighty. Oh, Bruce Almighty doesn't have to tell the truth. No, I know he doesn't. I'm just saying movies that are similar in like they've got a grand concept. Mm, yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. humorous uh, uh, at the core. Like, and then I was just thinking, Jim Carrey's got the um, Monopoly in those kind <laughs> of does. movies. Right? <laughs> so yeah, those you could fit that in if you were going to have a this kind of movie watching afternoon. You could watch all them four in a row, and uh, if you like that kind of movie, you'd like all those, I think. And if you're just a uh, like. There's nothing, nothing. You don't dig any deeper than there's just some comedy there for Yeah, you. yeah. So let's move on to the cast of this fine movie. Ricky Gervais as uh, Mark Bellison. Um, I just think he bees him. I just think he's himself. Like any character he writes is just him. Like I agree. Or any character he is, including David Brent in a way. Yep, yep. You know, who's the lead person in the office? I'm sure. Well, I actually feel Ricky's like David Brent to be honest. Because he does his little looks and stutters around a little bit sometimes when he can't believe what the person just said and he wants to point out to them and then he gives up and like, yeah, I think it's just him. But I mean, I think there are moments when you when I say, oh, he could be in a, you know, drama, drama as maybe not as yeah maybe the moment with his mother in this movie, I really bought it. I thought totally. You know, he, he was thinking about something. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he, he was also dripping a lot of water. I was like, are those fake? But no, there was a lot of water coming out of his head. Um, so then we've also got Jennifer Garner as Anna McDougal's crazy name. Why are you struggling? Do I need to turn it or something? Yeah, it's the, uh, you know, like when you look at the TV in there and you say it's mm-hmm. not turned. You can't see properly. Don't struggle. Just ask. Anna McDougal's <laughs> uh, Jennifer Garner. Uh, I like Jennifer Garner a lot. Um... I've not seen her in tons of things. I'm to pretty be neutral, but I thought she was. I mean, I like her. I see. I always see loads of potential, but I don't like. I think I don't like people's perception of what she is. More than I don't like her, and I don't know what exactly what I mean by that. But like, I don't know. I like the other movie that I liked her a lot in, as well as this movie, is a uh, Catch and Release with uh, Kevin Smith. I really liked her in that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she was in Electra and Daredevil, and she's fine in those. She's just a sexy chick, She was right? alias. Yeah, an alias. But, you know, I, I can't say I've seen tons of her, but I did like Catch and Release a lot. 
Um, I wish she wouldn't... I feel like she's had collagen injections in her lips. She pouts a lot. There's a lot of people who mess with the lips nowadays, um, I've noticed. And as I told you when we sat down, I am uh, makeup, makeup non gratis or whatever you say, because I have no makeup on. The other day you said you prefer a woman without any makeup. Somebody said okay. that on TV, right? I think somebody... Oh, um, on UK Big Brother, Dane was explaining to Stephanie... What's her last name? Beecham. Beecham from Dynasty, which I will know, that most men prefer their women without any makeup. And she kind of looked at him funny like, mm, some men, you think you prefer women without any makeup. And then, then you, you looked at me and you said, yeah, I, I prefer no makeup. So here you go. Thank you. The non-makeup look. So yeah, Jennifer Garner, um, you know, she's... And, and it's kind of funny because this character that she plays, <laughs> I get the feeling, you know, this very, like superficial kind of character I get the feeling that people think she's like that that's what I'm saying yeah. people's so, perception of so her so she's kind of perfect to be yeah the perception of it's her kind of making fun of yourself as her place in Hollywood as the kind of actress that people assume that she is is what I don't like and it doesn't mean that's her that means I've painted her with the bad picture like I do with uh, some other people and I have a hard time getting over that but then I watch her closely and she has moments of like like quality to me like and a lot of them in this one she's you know she does the funny bits really well totally natural good timing all that stuff and then when it comes down when she's being honest and saying stuff to him like you know you're nice and you're kind but i don't want i don't want children who are fat and with pudgy nose snub nose and she just says it because it's matter of fact but imagine being her as the actress and you have to be able to say that without sounding like bitchy and then be like you know I just thought she did I thought it was good and um, next up I heard a discernible groan in the uh, theatre room uh, when he appeared on screen <laughs> that's Jonah Hill as Frank now Jonah Hill is a very small part in this movie you actually dislike him in some way I dislike him based purely on him yeah. <laughs> not on anything else I do not like his I attitude. thought he was fine in this movie I don't like the way he does the exact same fucking thing every time every single time he's like the Poor little smart assy. I don't know. It's kind of a little bit different in this one. Because he's, he's like a. Not really. It's just like I'm watching the same character from all the other movies, but on a different day. Uh, I well, I actually do not like him at all. And he's another one now. Now, last week I got turned around on Megan Fox. This week I'm a little bit turned around on Mrs. Affleck. <laughs> now, Jonah Hill, it's your turn. Step up, boy. Step up. Uh, and then another one in here is stand up comic Louis C.K. as a. Greg, um, I really like. If you wanna, if you wanna see something really funny, just go and watch some of his HBO specials because he is really hilarious in stand up. Like, and he's he's one of those that does not sugarcoat shit. No, he's it's, very much like Ricky Gervais. It's hardcore. Actually, he's, 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 I can see why they work. You know, because they've got a very similar sense of humor. Very. If you watch Ricky Gervais's stand up, it's very near the knuckle a lot of people would be offended by it because mm-hmm. he doesn't skirt anything Cause you, even you even me and I'm not you know yeah. I'm not a religious person at all but you go oh god that is so gonna like hurt somebody and Louis C.K. is the same thing it's very you know yes. if you're offended by anything you wouldn't want to watch it but it, I think he's hilarious and in this he doesn't really get a chance to stretch his legs or anything it's pretty much is he ever on Howard Stern? He's been on there. He'd be a good one, I think. He has, and he's funny. You know, he tells jokes. He tells it's it's not really jokes that he tells. It's just scenarios, isn't it? Like Ending he jokes. tells a little story. But um, in this movie, Invention of Lion, he was fine, but there wasn't much to. I actually was, think 
in that way, right, he was perfect. He doesn't outshine and he doesn't slip like totally easy. He's got a presence, you know what I mean? He's mm. funny enough. He plays it just right so he's not like the jovial friend or the depressed friend who's drinking too much. He's just exactly right. I was impressed with that. And then who was the bartender? What I was going to mention team? at the end, there's a couple of uh, cameo appearances in here which are really, really funny. Uh, one one is the bartender who is Philip Seymour Hoffman, which I didn't I totally didn't expect <laughs> to see him when he was. I was like, holy shit! Philip. And the other one was uh, which I totally didn't expect to see. That was Edward Norton as this police guy, which I kind of, you know, he's got a helmet and glasses on, and he comes towards. And, uh, the as soon as mustache. he said something, now I, turned, <laughs> I said that's got a, that's um, Edward Norton because you can just tell like. But those there's a, is there more cameos than that, or is that it? But those those were two where I was like, oh, I didn't expect to see those dudes in this movie. Don't think cameos. You got Rob Lowe stuck in there and um, Tim Blunt or whatever his name is. So Tina the, Fey. the next one cameo. is uh, Rob Lowe as Brad Kessler, um, who is like the baddie of the piece, let's say. You know. I wouldn't call him that, but he's just the superficial dick, basically. Yeah, I would call him the baddie because he's the Ricky Gervais. Protagonist. Yeah, he's 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 the opposite. He's the yin yeah. to Gervais's yang. Yeah, and whatever. and he's funny. He plays it really kind of appropriately. Uh, yeah, it's a funny performance because it's <laughs> not, it's almost like I was saying about Jennifer Garner. How it's a of how people think of her. This is like how she is. Well, I think I feel that for him too because people think he's like a. No, people say about him. Yeah, if you're handsome and you're rich and you're successful, people aren't going to like you, and they're going to think you're a superficial prick. I mean, that's reality. And he plays this up completely. Yes, and that is what you've. That's the premise Gervais has taken because he even says at one time in the movie. So because I have lots of money and I'm famous, I can't be depressed. So I'm thinking he takes that same idea that because someone's rich and famous and beautiful to our stand to whatever standards. Most people, even though some idolize them, most people think, oh, that guy's a prick. Because look at him. Yeah. Because he's famous and rich. He's a dick. Yeah, you know he's I mean? everything you might want <laughs> exactly. to be. Exactly. He's everything you're not. Yeah. Which is, yeah, a big premise of this movie. Yes, that yeah. is the deal. Uh, and then, I would say this is probably a cameo also. Tina Fey. Because she's in yeah. it very briefly. But funny, she, though. I like her anyway. Yeah, she's funny. And I feel that that was a fun scene between her and Gervais. In fact, we know from some of the extras that there was yeah, some yeah. cracking up. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much everybody of note, right? Well, no, that you've got you forgot Jeffrey Tambor. He's like a mega famous comedian guy. Yeah, he's not in it a mega amount though, right? No, he's the but boss. He is in it, but yeah. he's yeah, he'll recognize him. He's one of those almost anonymous famous. Yeah, um, movies directed by Ricky Gervais and Matthew Robinson. As I said earlier, uh, Matthew Robinson, this is his first directorial job. Ricky Gervais, this is his first directorial job. And Ricky Gervais also made The Office, created The Office, and Extras. Which, Did he uh, direct some of The Office in England? Maybe? He directed he all of He seemed pretty it, commanding of the situation when they showed behind the scenes, yeah. you know? So it's not like it's his first time ever. Just as think. a motion picture. Um, I think they did a good job. I, I think... I actually think the cinematography was, like, absolutely just functional. Oh, There's yeah. nothing special about it at all. In fact, it's pretty flat. It's like a... Here's a room, here's some people. It's like a sitcom almost. The cinematography of Carl Pilkington's extra was more interesting. Was more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the cinematography of this movie is nothing to write home about at all. In fact, you know, you could also say that about set 
sure. design, the whole thing, like, it's pretty vanilla, but the story's really what... Yeah, I think, though, if, you, if you'd if taken the time, effort, or put the, put the thought into what kind of a world... Basically, the idea was, you have the same world, but nobody lies. Mm-hmm. But I think if we all really peeled that little idea apart, it would not look like the same world. No, it wouldn't. It'd be totally <laughs> I mean, different. But you can't. Yeah. But on a budget like exactly, this, that can't exactly. If like. you're shooting downtown Boston, you can't redress every building, and you can't. And you, yeah, you can't get five hundred individual cars that are all exactly or the all same. like you know. Everybody wears the same boring clothes. Correct. Because yeah, the because like yeah, the premise of the movie is there's no there's never creativity any, right. or anything like that, but. There is, because just in what people wear, as you said, it's, it's hard to... Yeah. In fact, they must, they must have sat down and thought of all that, but then just went... And then we're going to race like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, come on, come on. We're going too far here. So, uh, Blu-ray extras. Um, I was a little bit disappointed in the extras overall, even because I expected a bit more. Um, I expected a commentary, to be honest, and there, there isn't one. Ricky Gervais is perfect to do a commentary, as we know from his podcast. You know, he can talk. Um and be funny there isn't one um, all the extras on the Blu-ray are presented in standard definition as well there's nothing even touching just want to mention that um, now there's something called the first thing is the prequel The Dawn of Lying which it's actually a deleted scene really but quite an elaborate deleted scene even with some CG in it it was going to be the opening of the movie yeah so it's like Cave Ricky Man. Gervais and his everybody in the movie pretty much being cavemen um and it's a caveman telling a lie, basically. Or not telling a lie. Yeah. That was the idea so, of that. And it's even got CG in it, which I was like, the CG's not very not good. Not quality CG, but yeah, yeah. I think it was meant to be that way. So yeah, you get to see this scene. Um, you see Rob Lowe as a caveman. And Tom, Jem, what's he called? Jeffrey. Yeah, you get to see that guy. and Carl Pilkington. Carl Pilkington. Um, and then there's a truly honest making of featurette, which I actually really enjoyed. I thought it was pretty good. It's like... Ricky Gervais clowning around on the yeah. set and stuff. I mean, it was—it's not your average one, it, and it—you actually don't get to see hardly anything about production. But do you really need to in a movie? True, like true. I mean, you don't. Do you? you just get to see people sitting and saying how funny they were. And um, but I like the featurette. And then my favorite extra on the entire thing is meet Carl Pilkington. And if you're not familiar with Carl Pilkington, which I'm sure a lot of Americans wouldn't be, Ricky Gervais did a really famous series of podcasts on the internet. In fact, he's, Ricky Gervais has got the nickname The Podfather because he was one of the first people to do a big podcast. Um, and Carl Pilkinson's like his third-hand man because he do, also does it with... Uh... Steve. Oh, they're also in the movie. Yeah. Steve's in the movie. That's right. And, and Barry from the Extenders is Which also in nobody will know <laughs> unless you're from England. If you know anything about Ricky Gervais, you'd understand or why... Or if you watch the extras, you'll yeah, know why you'll they're Yeah, you'll understand why they're being in it. It's funny, you know. But um, Carl Pilkington's his friend, a friend from Manchester in England, where I'm from, who has some interesting ob- outlooks on everything. <laughs> if you listen to, go and listen to Ricky Gervais's podcast. Yeah, I think you can still get the original ones for free. Right on his site, I think. Yeah. RickyGervais.com. Um, but this is an extra about Carl Pilkington, who he invited to America to come and be in this movie. Under the pretense of, I'm not telling you what you're going to be in it, but this part's ideal for you. It's a big Hollywood movie, I get this million dollars. Yeah. And- so, Carl films this as like a documentary kind of day in the life of Carl Pilkington kind of deal. And he comes to the set and Ricky makes fun of him and 
he dresses yeah. up as a caveman and it's really funny I really liked it I wanted to see more of that you know I think though if you don't have the history of Carl and it might not be as funny because you no, don't have no you'll idea. be like What's, who's this guy because I think it's really funny because I feel like I know Carl Pilkington from listening to a lot of podcasts um, but Carl Pilkington's speaking to Rob Lowe Right. About acting. So I was thinking, does Robbo listen to all the podcasts? Does he, does he know? know that Carl <laughs> is who, who he is? Or, because he kind of went on with it, you know, like. I mean, I'm sure Ricky's introduced Carl to everybody and said, look, this is my one of my best friends. Like, he's he's Carl. And we like, did a little thing, a podcasting thing. And he has a small right. orange head. He's a little, his head's like an orange. It's so <laughs> round. But, um, yeah, it's really funny. And they, you know, give him this funny wig. And they shave some of his hair. You know, I, I liked it. It's my favorite thing on this uh, Blu-ray. Unfortunately, it only lasts about 30 minutes. Yeah, I wanted it to be about an hour. Um, and then there's uh, Ricky and Matt's video podcast, which is about 10 minutes long, and it's a bunch of video podcasts. Mm-hmm. Well, just little no. video clips. One's, one's like Ricky Gervais doing like a funny version of Cribs in his house, but it's like got no information at all. He's like, here's my bath. I wash myself in it. Kind of, here's my bed. I'm just standing by his bed. Pretty funny. Uh, done in the style Taking of Taking the piss, as you people would say, out of rich people who show you around their house. Yes. Yeah. Because like it. it's like, I don't give a shit about your house. You know, my, I don't my, care my about My favorite your house. part was like, here are the stairs, they go up. And here's like a room in between the bedroom and the stairs. And sometimes I'll stop here and sit. It's just, just a know. room with two <laughs> chairs. Sometimes uh, it's I'll got sit. a little uh, terrace, like a hole in the wall where you look down into the foyer of yeah. your house. So it's a like nice a, house. It's like, yeah, it's like a rich person's room. It has, yeah. serves no purpose except for when you want to take a little glass of wine in there and sit and look at it. Sometimes between the stairs and the bedroom. I'll sit here. It's like a bookshelf. We're not talking <laughs> library. We're talking like it's about six foot across and about 12 feet long with two fancy chairs and that's it. And, uh, you know, this might not be Ricky's house. He might have been a rental for while he was on the set, right? Mm. You know, I'm, I, I'm not sure. It but. still made me think like, wow, you know, that's a lot of wasted space in those houses. Yeah. Truly. Big open spaces and stuff. It, I mean, I guess I'm like my mom. Because she never... She doesn't, my mom doesn't even like a hallway down the middle of your house. Right. She doesn't see the point, even though it does get you from one point to another. Look at all that wasted space. <laughs> so we could be using that space for so something. So she likes the open plan. <laughs> yeah. And then other special features are additional scenes. Uh, you know, about five or six deleted scenes. None of which, um, no. to me, were... Anything really. The conversation in the car was good though, where she pretty much lays out the kind of person you and I are saying that we people think she is, yeah, or would be it's a, a good famous, speech. Yeah, attractive yeah. actress. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, and then there's more laughter, corpsing and outtakes, which is corpsing's there. Um, you killing the you're killing the scene because you can't stop laughing. Because you can't stop laughing, and Ricky Gervais has this distinctive laugh, and it shows a montage of many moments I can of do him. It. Well, there's many moments of him cracking up on the set, complete cracking up in every situation, even things that aren't even, and he just can't hold it. Together. I wouldn't even do it though now because if I was listening to this on headphones and then I did his laugh, it would like irritate. I mean, me everybody so. knows his laugh, and there's a lot of him laughing in this. Uh, it's, that's a pretty good feature, but overall, I feel it was a bit lacking. When I read on the back, meet Cal Pilkington, I'm like, this is gonna have some good extras for fans of Ricky Gervais. I'll tell you, the best thing to do with Carl Pilkington is what he did on whatever else we watched, where he's... Oh, on the... Was it his comedy specials? There was extras on that. Where, like, Carl he's sitting Pilkington. on a couch talking to Carl. In fact, they were called that Carl Pilkington. Yeah, that's the funniest way to do it, because he's a funny guy. And there's a uh, digital copy also. Um, 
the cover of the uh, I was saying to you the cover of this movie is not very inventive yeah. um, they didn't invent a new cover no it's that uh, it's that typical like um, love actually you got everybody's face in a box and make sure everybody's name is mentioned in little quotes yeah um, but yeah it's like the love actually box um, one thing I'd one thing I've, no- I've noticed recently is they actually um, started to put pictures on the Blu-ray disc. It used to be this crappy silver, but now they've and they've put different ones, mm. which is wow! You're making an effort there. That probably costs more though. Right? Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Who, gives, who cares about pictures? You're just gonna put it in a box or in a DVD player. You don't frame it and hang it on your wall. Uh, like you know, you expen- like knowing that it's got a picture, so someday if you ever open that box again, you can look at that picture. Expensive uh, things are expensive these days, right? Movies that adds no value whatsoever. Not even a little hint. To me, of as value. a collector, it does. It doesn't at all because you're not looking at it. Never. I'm in the mentality of when I collected records, right? If there was a picture disc, I would freak out and I would pay extra for the picture disc because the picture on the disc. You Sorry. mean the picture, P-I-C-T-U-R-E, or the picture, P-I-T-C-H-E-R? Picture. Just asking. Couldn't understand Did you ever have picture discs? Picture discs? Uh, I believe... I don't think I ever bought any. Oh, I had so many. I remember buying um, the Police's album, Regatta de Blanc, <laughs> on picture disc. I think it was like £20, which was like double the cost of the normal <laughs> album, just because I wanted the picture... Because, you know, it was actually in, in, on the vinyl itself. Right. So when you put the vinyl on it, the album cover was, instead of it being a black record, it was the album cover spinning around. Right. You saw those, right? Yeah, I've seen, yes. So as a yes. collector's <laughs> mentality for me. I anything. think, if I'm being very honest, I didn't even see the point then. See, I do. I just like collectible type things. So, yeah, but that's yes. not... Uh, this has pictures on the disc. Do you still have those picture discs? No, I don't, actually. Then I guess you didn't If collect. I did have them, I'd... I guess you didn't collect them after all. If I did have them, I'd probably be rich, because I bet that was worth a fortune. So you though. thought they were interesting then, because someday, blah, 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 but then you don't have them. So, so in conclusion, the invention <laughs> of lying, uh, I think, is quite a good comedy. I don't think it's for everybody at all. I think you have to... I think you have to like Ricky Gervais, first off. Because Ricky Gervais is pretty much in every frame of the movie. Um... You yes. don't buy his humor. If you don't, yeah. if you think oh, what an annoying bastard, you're not going to like this music. <laughs> and I know a lot of people do think that, you know. Although, you know, like I said, you get turned around on somebody. You never know. And interestingly enough, Ricky Gervais hosted the Golden Globes tonight. I thought you timed that on purpose, but I guess not. I did not, but the movie company did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he hosted the Golden Globes tonight, which is an American awards ceremony. With a lot of Americans sitting down and watching Ricky Gervais. So, I, I, he must be liked. Because they wouldn't have chosen him, would they, to do it? Correct. Um, and we'll go into some of the uh, winners of the Golden Globes a little bit later. Um, so Stay in, tuned, kids. So, in conclusion, Invention of Lying, I... I actually really enjoyed it. And I will enjoy it again. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's perfect, but most things aren't anyway, right? Yeah. Um... I don't think I don't know what other people think of it because I I've not really looked into it but I get the feeling people didn't like it so much because of all the holes in it but I think look over the holes because yes there are holes we mentioned a couple there are more than that probably and just you know enjoy Ricky Gervais's performance if anything because that was what I got you know I, I feel it's the kind of people who go mm, Avatar's okay but it's just dances with wolves like a prick. 
like they can't see past they can't like people can't just enjoy something the way that it is without picking it completely apart i will pick out things about something that jump out at me yeah, and i will find things that i don't like fair enough then i add it up like the sum of all the parts and decide as a whole, did I enjoy it? Yes. Was it satisfying? Yes. Because I thought about some stuff. I like seeing someone else's take on the whole idea of our culture, religion. Yeah, and that's a tricky subject. And that really also. fills me up as an experience of watching a story that's kind of fluffy and kind of fun. And, and watching somebody I like. I like Ricky Gervais and his sort of... Demeanor. And there's a lot worse comedy. I mean, we've seen comedies <laughs> where you come out of the comedy and, and you like... Uh, well, you I know... I, that, just sounds real like, that sounded like a backhanded compliment, to be honest with you, because eh, there's a lot worse comedies. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't sound very nice. <laughs> well, I, like, I'm not glowing this for this movie. Okay, at all. okay, okay. I, so. I'm just middle of the road for it. I think okay. it's fair. And I actually movie. really like it. Right. I thought it was a really good time. But I'm saying I enjoyed it, but there's a lot of flaws, and. You didn't laugh ever, really. I did laugh. I always laugh. I'm an internal laugh. I don't laugh out loud. <laughs> well, I mean, Ricky. Silly G- me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not the kind of person who goes ah ha 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 ha. Any of any of that. I'm- that is not true because sometimes when you're on the treadmill and you got Howard Stern in your headphones and you're watching and I hear you laugh out loud. Yeah, occasionally, but it's real. <laughs> the Ricky Gervais's humor just makes me smirk, kind of thing <laughs> inside. It's you know, it's you know, I'm, I, some people would be laughing out loud. British laughter. Yeah, internal, internal. <laughs> So, um, yeah, thank you to uh, Warner for the Blu-ray disc, and I recommend people watch it. I um, Give it a try, definitely. It's, you know, it's funny. <laughs> it's a comedy. Well, you know, it's actually, I feel... It's this, humorous. I feel this movie's more... The idea is bigger than the funniness. I agree. So I agree with that. Maybe that's where I feel that it missed a little bit on me, because... But why can't you just take it as a whole instead of pick, like, cut it in half? I can, but I this part, the stuff I mentioned in the review there, yeah, yeah. that that I don't know. I I also feel things the back, make, the back end like, of it. Kind yeah, of. some things jump to the front of your mind, and it's like it's like the squiggly thing in front of your eye. If anyone watches Family Guy, you know what I'm talking about. Stewie's little squiggly line in my eye, <laughs> and it just keeps it. Then it, once you've noticed or seen something, it starts picking at you. It's there. You yeah. can't get past it. Sometimes you have to just. You know. So yeah, I had to do that a lot in this movie. I had to keep going. Okay, forget that. I just saw a flaw. Forget that. I'm I'm keeping going on the journey through it. You know, and then I'd, like I say, I did feel it fell apart a little bit towards the end. Kind of went into a just into a what I expected. Yeah, yeah. You know, it didn't really. Yeah, yeah. Surprise me. So um, yeah, that's the end of that one. Contest. You can go to the site and uh, enter to win some stuff. Uh, one of the prizes being um, money, food, sex. money and food, free, free sex and feces, not feces, free uh, sex. Um, and next week's uh, review will be Surrogates, which is Bruce Willis action movie, sci-fi movie uh, on Blu-ray. So uh, we'll be reviewing that one next week. I was gonna, yeah, I was actually gonna review that one this week, and then I realised that Invention of Lying comes out this week and Surrogates comes out next week, so it would be better to do it that way around. Is that a little behind the scenes of after the show? Yes, a little bit into <laughs> my mind. So uh, movie recommendations for this week. I'm gonna recommend Ricky Gervais's not not The Office, because I've recommended that before, but his other television show, which was on HBO over here. And it was actually 
converted to a, like an American version for HBO. They changed a lot of the stuff. So I recommend you watch the original British version, which you can get on DVD from Did Amazon. Did we watch the original? Yeah, no. we, wa- we watched the original. Oh, good, good. I, I got that. But there was a... The HBO version, obviously Americans aren't going to know who actors from EastEnders and people like that even are, right? So they changed a lot of things to American... See, now I'd be interested in watching both versions, to be honest, because then I would, you know, get both. Yeah, and I really like, obviously, like the British version, because the the British version did have a lot of distinctly British stuff in it, which Americans wouldn't get in a million years because they were never subjected to these things. Unless they're married to a British person. So, um, yeah, extras, you can get the whole thing uh, on DVD. Um, it, was only, it only went for two seasons and a special to finish it off. Same with The Office. It's comedy with big ideas also mixed Very similar, in yeah. yeah. If you like The yeah. Office kind of humor. And the, my other... Um, you're just skipping <laughs> uh, over my stuff. No, I'm looking to see what it was. I'm like, I don't... My know. other uh, recommendation <laughs> is Ghostbusters. Now, the reason I picked Ghostbusters is I was thinking of high-concept comedy. Which is what this is, like with a big idea to it. And Ghostbusters has got a huge idea to it. Yet, on it, on the surface, it, it's just a wacky comedy, right? Right. But I feel it has a big idea to it. Right. Not just the events that transpire. It's high concept. So I was thinking of something else high like concept. Bruce Almighty. That I really like. And Ghostbusters is available on Blu-ray, by the way. which And it looks very good. Oh, does for it? For an old movie. Very nice. And my recommendations are, because I was watching Rob Lowe, thinking to myself, when was the last time I actually really watched Rob Lowe do... I've seen him in a few little things here and there. And what popped into my mind was he and... Whatever his name is, something McCarthy, in Class, from 1982. I think I've seen that. Now, we're talking about my early high school years here, watching that on HBO. Him, um, Jacqueline, Jacqueline Bissett, I believe, was the woman, the mother of the friend. They go to a prep school, he and his friend, and uh, there's a, the, an affair that happens between the young boy, the, not the young boy, but the teenage boy and the mother, the friend's mother, and it's probably really bad. Right? I haven't seen it for many years. I would love to watch it again. So I say, go dig it out, find the DVD, watch it online, whatever people, you know, get on Netflix. Of interest, though, what is Rob Lowe the most famous for? Just being a sexy guy from the 80s. What movie, though, in particular? What, like Tom Cruise, you would think Top Gun or Cocktail or something. What's the movie Rob Lowe is? Um... Not just one movie. There's well, several. what's, what's one, one of them? Class. Uh, Saint Elmo's Fire. Yeah, Saint Elmo's Fire. Yeah, I yeah. was trying to think of like the the big ones that I would think of with Rob Lowe. It's funny that, and I don't think it's hard to think any of any others. I mean, there's probably a lot. But, yeah. <laughs> but there you Saint go. Saint Elmo's Fire is big enough. <laughs> it's big enough, and oh my god, it's probably so bad. If yeah. I watched it now, I just want to keep the memory of watching it when I was young, thinking of how awesome it was then. And so I feel like I, I saw blind- Rob Lowe all the time. I'll keep my, my blinders on, to be honest with you. Yeah. And the other one is because I wanted to think of a, a unique love story where, you know, how you are and who you are and how you look. And the you know your individuality kind of gets in the way of someone that you think you like who doesn't like you back kind of thing, and it's eagle versus shark. Another one would be Napoleon Dynamite, actually. I was just about to say you could also take that. Yeah, yeah. But eagle versus shark, I think, is just really unique and doesn't. It's not high concept like the term that you like to use with you and your Hollywood friends. I'm saying it's uh, unique. Australia, not Australian, New Zealand. Yeah, it features Jermaine. I forget his second name. Um, 
There's a new movie by the director of Napoleon Dynamite with him in. Right, it also right. looks kind of interesting. To right, me. right, He's like a. He's from the HBO show called uh, Fly of the Concords. Yeah, he's actually called Jermaine. Yeah. In Fly of the Concords, I forget the guy's Jermaine, name. Jermaine, not Jermaine. Well, Jermaine. That's how I say it. No, there's no R in there. It's Jermaine. Actually, his name is oh, Jermaine. Right. But um, I only see it in the credits. That's the only reason I know. He is. Uh, you know, you see him. He's a stand-up comedian, also. I've right. Seen, I saw his stand-up on Comedy Central one day, one night when it was on. Was it good? Not, not particularly. I wasn't really into it. <laughs> you I don't actually, like I actually saw this. No, I do like stand-up comedy. It has to be very particular for me. And I really like Flight of the Concords, but I wasn't. And I also saw the guy who played Murray do right. stand-up com- comedy on Comedy Central. He wasn't that funny either. And I was like, this is going to be hilarious because I love that guy. But no, I was completely like, oh, okay. Yeah, but you are a hard nut to crack, you know. Don't say it's bad because you don't know. You have a tough... You have that high... I don't know what it is. You don't think stuff's funny when it really is. That's the truth. I'm I'm not lying today. I'm telling you. Has to be truth. very specific for me. Exactly. To be funny. Yeah. You know, like you never laugh at me, and I'm funny. I mean, yeah. I'm funny a you're lot. Not, you're not funny enough. I'm <laughs> funny all the time. No. I'm very comical. I'm clever and interesting and funny, mm-hmm. and you're just never impressed. You need you need to go to stand up school or something. You need, need to, to go and get Ricky need Gervais. Need British? Is that get what some, you're saying? You came yeah. a long way to not get a British woman. Ricky Gervais can, uh, could teach you a few things. Um, I'm sure he could. So, games and Ace Scully stuff for this week. I've been playing a couple of games. The first one, and these are interesting. The first one is Army of Two 40th Day, which is the second Army of Two. But they didn't call it Army of Two Two. They call it Army of Two. <laughs> Army of Two Two. <laughs> yeah. They call it Army of Two 40th Day. Um... It's army. It's basically the first game again, but worse, which is not, you know, good really. <laughs> so it's like a co-op game. You're these two, what do you call that? PMCs, private military. You're you're in a private military corporation. Now, this this game begins with like the destruction of Shanghai, and you two guys who are like bros who help each other in combat scenarios. Bros. Yeah, well, real bros, they're like bump fists. Right, 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 you know, I get like, you. It's real, you know. Yeah, I get you. Bros if tough. tough, you know. But um, it's co-op, it's really janky controls. I was saying to you the other day, I mean, we're only three weeks into 2010, 2010. Um, and I've played three or four of the big name games that have come out in this month. And only one of them's been any good. And the other two, the other three, I've been really looking forward to, and they have all been real disappointments to me. And when it, you know, when a Dark Void, which is the next game I'm going to talk about, is Capcom's latest game, I've absolutely been stoked and excited for it for about six months. I played the two hours of it, and I, I don't think I'll be turning it Aww. on again. That, that's how, that's how not good it is to me, you know. I don't know. I don't know. And I said to you, I wonder why these crappy games are coming out in January. And you're saying, I don't think they plan on that. But <laughs> Exactly. It seems like they all hit at the same time. He's path. like, January must be when they bring out all the crappy games. I'm like, yeah, they have meetings about that. Well, our game's pretty crappy. So yeah. we're going to have to come out in January. <laughs> so Army of Two 40th Day. I can't, re- it's definitely, I can't recommend you spend $60 on it. If you like shooters, there's so many better ones out there. Um, and Dark Void... Which is interesting in concept. It's Capcom's new IP. They've spent a lot of money developing this new property instead of just 
making another Resident Evil or whatever, they've decided to make this new game. And what it's about is you're this dude, and he's on this regular flight with his girlfriend, and they fly over the Bermuda Triangle and crash land, and then they're in this place, they have no idea where they are, it's all these tribes and this weird robots, and then they meet Nikola Tesla in this cave. See, isn't that awesome? It does. And this Nikola Tesla guy has invented a jetpack. And conveniently enough, you end up with the jetpack and the rest of the game's you in it and a jetpack fighting robots. Um, that does sound awesome. Yeah. Sounds like a great movie. But in the game, the mechanics of the game, it doesn't stack up. It's The shooting's really bad. Like, when I say the shooting's really bad, it's hard to explain, but if you've played shooter games, there are ones that control really well and it's very accurate, and you can... You, you instinctively know what to press to do what. Right, right. Then there are other games where you're wrestling with the controls the entire time. You're like, I know how to play a shooter game. The controls here aren't right exactly. You mean you know? like... I don't think I understand, because I don't play enough. Now, it's one thing I'm scared about, about... I've been talking about a game called Heavy Rain to you, which is coming out exclusively on the PS3 in February. And it's... Um, a conceptual game, I've told you about it. The one where you you can die in the game. So where are you playing it? What? If it doesn't come out, why I'm are you not playing it? it. I'm just saying it's one thing... This this control method is one thing I'm scared about in Heavy Rain, right? Mm. Which is coming out in February uh, on the PS3. Now, I really love these type of games, what Heavy Rain is going to be. It's a conceptual art, piece of art kind of game. It's not just a standard game. In fact, there's a level of the game where you play as a blind person so you can't even see anything so it's a conceptual game now what I've heard is the controls of the entire game you don't move the character around you press the L2 button to move forward at any time and then you move the head of the character with the stick now that's an odd control scheme you gotta say right you, that wouldn't yeah, yeah. Feel. now he said the guy who created the game that control scheme is because we use cinematic camera angles to make this mu- this game really interesting. And if we give you standard controls, then we always have to anchor the, car- the camera behind the person's head, otherwise it doesn't make sense. Camera, do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If, yeah. if the camera's from above and you're controlling the guy how you would if he was stood in front of you, all of a sudden the controls get reversed and stuff. Kind of takes you out of it. So he said... I used R2 to always go forward, so you can do it no matter what angle we're looking at it from. Now, that's interesting, but to me, it can break the game. Sure. So, that's something I'm worried about. But that's that. basically because you're habit. It is, really. And, and if this is very conceptual... take advantage of that all the time. That, oh, well, this is what we always push. This is what every game pushes. We'll do the same thing to basically dummy it down. So now, I play, my, I play any and all games, right? So, I'm always... Yes. So I'm always... Yes, you do, because uh, so <laughs> the, the next one you're going to So there's always about. a new control scheme to get. Every week I'm thinking, okay, this is very different to Call of Duty I was playing last week. Even though it's a shooter, grenades are on the opposite button, and my aiming stick's on the other side, and, you know, I've got to get my head around it, because I'm used to that. Oh, yeah. So every week I'm getting used to a new control scheme. But... It's not the control scheme so much in Army of Two and Dark Void. It's just it feels like as though there wasn't any polish put on it. It's a little bit jerky. The aiming is a bit too fast on the sticks. 
Hmm. Whereas on Call of Duty, you pull the aim stick and everything feels fluid. You can always get your shot off. It just seems wrong in both of those games. So, is it is it right because you've played countless hours, or was it right the instant you played? No, it was right the instant I right. played it. In fact, what what Call of Duty did, and I'm no Halo fan, is it took Halo's controls because a lot of people play Halo, and Halo's controls are pretty much perfect. It took Halo's controls and just mimicked them, and then like because Halo and Call of Duty are the biggest first person shooters ever, they it kind of becomes the and it works. De facto standard. Like, if to me, if the controls aren't like that, everything feels wrong all of a sudden. That's what I'm saying. But this isn't just that. It's the aiming speed and precision doesn't also seems wrong. That's what you're saying. So when I'm trying to get the crosshair on somebody's head, it, there's a little bit too much finesse I have like to do. Like when you have to finesse the speed of your mouse every time. Yeah, you it's just retain. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like Where that. you move it enough and it flies over If there I turn like... your mouse acceleration up to full and you're used right. to it at half, then everything's screwed The amount that week. you normally move shoots the mouse clear off the screen. And then after a week, you'd be all right. But yeah. for the first week, you'd be like, oh, yeah, slipping. So yeah. that's what this is like. Now... And the thing is, is it a good enough game to commit no. to get through that? And that's the problem. I, I Some games you will be like, I'll get used to it. Because I, this game is awesome and I want to get through it. And after about three days of playing, I'll be fine. In fact, uh, Uncharted is a very good example. Uncharted 2, which I played a couple of weeks ago, which you saw on the PS3. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not even used to the PS3 controller because I play Xbox more. So even a, any PS2 game is a little bit of a challenge because the controller is a lot different. It's smaller and PS3. the trigger... PS3. Yeah. It's, it's smaller, the controller, the triggers are in a different place. The, the whole thing's different. And Uncharted, the controls were so good, there was no getting to know it, period. Right. I just picked up the thing, and the entire time I was really good at it. You know, so that was done right. I can tell when something's wrong, and something's rotten in Denmark on those two titles. Oh. So, um, you know, I was looking forward to them both, and now they... Have passed me by. I'm not probably not going to go back to them. <clears throat> is it blasphemy in the gaming man world to say maybe you're growing out of some of these games? Whereas 20 years ago you would have just lapped it all up, and now you're getting a little more choosy because who wants to waste their time doing that shit when I can move on to something better? Yeah. Well, the thing is, like these are two new games. I would I love to play new games, but I'd rather play Call of Duty, which right. is an older game, or this next game you're about to talk to talk about because you played it for which what, was, an which hour was, last night which was kind of fun right so I'm going through some of the old, um, some titles on the Wii that I haven't played yet which I have picked up and this one's like a it's a budget game pretty much but it's called Food Network Cook or Be Cooked and I didn't think much of it it's like a you can get it for five dollars I have a feeling you got it for me thinking I would love it because I like cooking mamas so I just fired it up and had a go and it's actually really well done if you you know it's not a it's not brilliant. Masterpiece. If you like cooking games. Yeah, truly. and there's a lot to think of, and it feels like real cooking. Yep. So it uses the motion controls on the Wii, like chopping a, chopping mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a cucumber, a, a cucumber with, and you slice and dice. And, and it gives you like three items you're supposed to be cooking, and you have to time everything just right. When do I put the fish in the pan? When do I cook the rice to time And then you get judged by some Food Network mm-hmm. personalities. If you've ever watched the next Food Network star, the woman Susan, I think her name is, she's on there, and I can't place the guy. No, they're, they're virtual versions of them. It's not yeah, yeah. full motion video, but yeah, it's no. fun, <laughs> and, and it's their voices, and 
the high, the production values seem really high, even as the Food Network logo. There's a lot. There's a little preachiness going on about fam- factory farming and there organic is, yeah. and naturals and local eating, and you get a lot of those comments. But you're getting a lot of that on Food and Network. And you can anyway. press one of the buttons and get the proper recipe for what right. you're making and go make it. And they actually encourage that. They say. Cooking on the Wii is all fine and good, but you could just bring up the plus button and yeah. cook this for real if you wanted to. And it's try. real stuff. I mean, it's like yeah. how to sear a, a piece of salmon in a pan or how to roast some nuts. Or now, I, I mean, have a proclivity, as they call it, <laughs> for, and I've said this to you before, for crappy, mundane job type of games. You do? Like Burger Shop or... There's something about them that is challenging because it's, it's menial tasks. But there's also a challenge involved, as in real life. You Completely. know, a chef has to deal with the timer all the time, doesn't Correct. he, in his head. So, I actually recommend it. It's, I prefer it to Cooking Mama. And I've tried Cooking uh, Mama on the Wii. And I think this is... There's more like, to it. I also like the more realistic nature of it. You know, like, that you're actually cooking real things. On Cooking Mama, sometimes you have no idea what it is that you're making. It just looks like a blob of something. Yeah, it's a real thing, but it yeah, is, yeah. But it's Japanese yeah. or something, and you've never experienced it. Well, this is like what comes out at the end is something you you've made yourself anyway, like a burger or a, mm-hmm. but it's a bit more complex than a burger. But anyway, it's called Food Network. Cook or be cooked on the Wii. You can find it very very cheap. Let me just say that I've seen it for five to ten dollars. So I think it's There's worth a lot of Food Network fans. I out there. I think kids would absolutely love it too because you know it's a little hard. Well, it has like a re- very easy mode where that would be the one I would choose. Where you're pretty much just. Doing the motions, you know, doing the chopping. Timing maybe and, the, and not everything. Yeah, not, not every everything. Detail. And it, yes, this does get pretty hard, because I was doing one of the hard <laughs> I ones. I got the glimpse of you out the corner of my eye. You were in there, and your hand up in the air, swirling it around, and there's like yeah. a skillet on the screen that's spinning around And you do have to it. do the realistic motions, and like, like stirring a pan and putting the salt in, <laughs> and tipping the olive oil carefully so it, you get enough in the pan and stuff. I like it, it's good. Cook or be cooked. So that's on the Wii. I also played a little bit more of Super Mario... New Super Mario Wii, which is the 2D side-on, old-school type of Mario. I know, because when I came in the door the other night, I hear you go, It's my wife! Yeah, it's my wife, Mario! (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. um, No, that's from the game. That's not being anti-Italian-American. That is is the game. It's a Mario! It's me, a Mario! So, yeah, they're the three games I've been playing this week. Um, Also wanted to mention the Golden Globes that Ricky Gervais hosted... I wanted to say... Uh, I didn't... You can go and look up the results, but the notable ones were... Um, best motion picture was J- Avatar. Amateur. Amateur. Cameron, James Cameron's amateur. Avatar. Um, best actor was George Clooney for Up in the Air. Best actress was Sandra Bullock for The Blind Side. Um, an excellent one for supporting actor was Christoph Waltz from... Uh, Inglorious Bastards, amazing. Fantastic. I hope he gets an Oscar. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit upset that he's a supporting actor. Yeah, he absolutely I, I am too. carries that movie in my mind. Who's the main actor? Brad Pitt. I think Christoph Waltz is. I think Waltz is on my mind throughout every scene and every part of that movie, and I'm thinking about him and his character more than yeah. anybody else. So you know, this these are usually a clue to how Oscars are going to go. The Golden Globes is the beginning of the award season. I would like to see him get an Oscar, to be honest. Definitely. And then you've got Best Director, James Cameron. Uh, Pixar's up for Best Animation, which I really enjoyed this year. Yeah. Uh, And one of my my favourite... 
Dexter. <laughs> yeah. John Lithgow and Michael C. Hall. Uh, both supporting, act- supporting actor and main actor, respectively. So Dexter got two, which is really... I Very thought good. the last season of Dexter was really good, and John Lithgow added a lot to it. Definitely. Um, so it's good to see that get a uh, nod. And that's it, really. I, I don't watch the Golden Globes. I don't... I used to watch every award show, and I think... Not really I've, into it. If I had been laying on the couch with my cozy blanket and, and just hanging out, and I happened to flip over to it, then I would have completely gotten into it. I would have sat there on the couch and watched it all and drank a bunch of tea and got some popcorn. But when I think about making the effort to watch it, I don't know. It just, you know. See, I really like Ricky Gervais, so... True. What will happen to me tomorrow when all the Ricky Gervais clips... Like, I don't like to watch the whole thing of the Golden Globes because I'm not particularly interested in a lot of the TV awards, to be honest. But I like to see Ricky Gervais' monologue, so I'll watch that somewhere. It'll be be on YouTube on it or something. Uh, you know, because it's just like watching a bit of stand-up from him. So, yeah, I will tune in for the Ricky Gervais parts. And maybe I'd like to see... Uh, James Cameron gave his Avatar speech in Navi language, apparently. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd be interested to see that, too, because I think that's pretty... Can't just use your imagination. <coughs> what you is it? You've heard it. You've seen him put the two together in it your It does mind. this kind of noise, like... <coughs> it's got weird... Have you seen Avatar? Yes. I've seen it twice, so I'm thinking you you might be not capturing that in your memory just right. There's a few pops and cracks, but I mean, they do have a language, you know. They're not insects. And my... Are you going to ask me what's going on with me? No, you're just going to do it anyway. (laughs) True. (laughs) Very true. The only thing I got tonight is what's for dinner? Because normally I ask you and wives out there, you'll know what I mean. Are we having spaghetti? You will say something like, oh, I'm really hungry. And I'm like, what do you want? I don't know. Do you want this? No. Okay, I'm going to make this. No. How about this? No. What do you want? I don't know. Ugh! But sometimes, on the very rarest occasion, when I say, hey, what sounds good to you? This morning I was calling you on my way home from work, and you said, how about spaghetti bolognese, as you people say. And you called it spaghetti. <laughs> I don't know how to spell it. And I was like, awesome. And we have our lovely corn, corn fake meatballs, some spaghetti sauce, Prego Heart Smart spaghetti sauce, which is delicious. I would make it myself, but I'm feeling kind of lazy today. We're also going to be having, be having our dinner at 4 a.m. <laughs> yes. Probably. <laughs> what time is it? Like 3.23. Correct. Um, so, yeah, it's the, you know, we, yeah. have some, we keep some odd hours, let's just say. Well, we got up at 7 yeah. p.m. And then because we watched, I work nights, and so... And then we watched a movie from 9-ish until, you know, strange, strange hours, but we get this podcast it's out It's not here. strange, it's just... Strange it's hours compared to other people's, probably. Maybe. Um, so I don't let other people design my life, mister. We know. <laughs> so thank you for listening to uh, After the Show number 105. Uh, I want to remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidtalk.com. You can also catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, or you on YouTube, mini reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get this podcast from the website. Just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. I've also dealt with all the server changes, so... This week you'll be getting the podcast smoothly. It has been down partially during this week, but now it is completely, totally operational again. Um, you can also get it from iTunes Music Store or the Zoom Marketplace, or just go to the Ace and click RSS and sign up with whatever you want. Email feedback to me at aceschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talks. I won't tell you our address. 
because um, she doesn't like any of this. <laughs> and, oh, interestingly enough, this week I was looking at the stats of the downloads and all that kind of stuff for this podcast, which I will get to next week fully. But we have a lot more listeners than I actually thought, so it's kind of interesting. <laughs> oh, the pressure's on. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, whoa, really? That many people? You know You know what? Maybe it's just the same, like, five people listening to it hundreds of times. You mean they, they go, oh, I'll download it 400 times <laughs> yeah. this week. I want to listen to it over and yeah. over and over. <laughs> and once I've listened to it, I have to throw it away and get it again. Yes, exactly, Thanks. exactly. So um, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for listening. Stay classy, Mr. Ricky Gervais. Um, and that's no lie. You reckon he's classic? And that's no lie. I mean, classy? Classy, yes. Hmm. And I'm going to say think for yourself, everybody, because if you don't do it, somebody's going to come along and steal it away from you and do it for you. And don't forget to check the written review of this Hmm. movie on Thursday. Correct, because I will be writing it. <laughs>